Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is a show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Ulf Arnetz, the co-founder and chairman of Howie, a SaaS product that helps enterprises to accelerate strategy, execution, and financial results. In 2019, after running a successful services company for several years, Ulf made the decision to transition into a SaaS business model. He and his team had been working on a SaaS product for a while. They believed that there was a huge growth opportunity and felt ready to make the switch to SaaS. But the path to becoming a fully-fledged SaaS business was far from easy. Their annual revenue dropped considerably, going from $5 million to around $2 million. While Ulf had prepared for a short-term drop in earnings, this turned out to be substantially more than he had expected. Selling their SaaS product to CEOs was also another big challenge. Although they eventually found a solution, they also realized that they were often losing deals because they hadn't figured out how to deal with other key executives who were resistant to using their product. And probably one of their biggest challenges was grappling with a jaw-dropping 60% churn rate. Their SaaS product just wasn't up to par and triggered widespread employee dissatisfaction. Despite those challenges, Ulf and his team persisted and eventually found product market fit. In this episode, you'll learn how Ulf handled a $3 million drop in revenue and later bounced back to over $5 million, with 96% of that coming from SaaS subscriptions. How Ulf and his team figured out how to sell their SaaS product to CEOs while tackling objections from other execs who were resistant to the product. We also talk about how Ulf tackled the daunting 60% churn rate and ultimately reduced it to 0%, not losing any customers over a three-year span. We also discuss how Howie has helped some customers to get a 20% return on investment, and more importantly, the key ways Ulf measures and proves this value. And finally, we talk about why Ulf is optimistic about Microsoft entering this market with a competing product and his advice for other founders worried about big competitors. So I hope you enjoy. Are you looking to sell your online business or buy one to start your entrepreneurial journey? Discover exciting opportunities with Bupos.com. Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses and the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers. At Bupos.com, you can explore their exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. Bupos can offer pre-approved financing for recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding with no personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash Bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next deal. Is your team struggling with spreadsheets that can't keep up with your workflows? It's time to switch to Jotform Tables. Jotform Tables is an all-in-one workspace that lets you collect, organize, and manage data seamlessly. Not only can you create online forms to gather data directly in Jotform Tables, but it also serves as a powerful tool to manage and analyze the data collected from your existing Jotform forms. You can also import spreadsheets or enter information manually, and all your data is stored securely in one place. Jotform Tables makes collaboration a breeze. You can share your tables with a single click and work with your team in real time. Say goodbye to version control issues and hello to efficient teamwork. Get started with Jotform tables for free today at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? 
As a SaaS founder, you know that having the right tools is crucial for growing your SaaS business effectively. But with so many options, choosing the best ones for your needs can be overwhelming. That's where the SaaS toolkit comes in. This handy guide covers the 12 essential types of tools you need to supercharge your growth. Inside, you'll find a detailed look at tools successful SaaS startups have used to scale to seven figures and beyond. It gives you specific examples and makes practical recommendations to help you choose the right tools for your SaaS business. Don't miss out. Visit thesastoolkit.com to download your free copy and unlock faster growth for your SaaS business. That's thesastoolkit.com. Ulf, welcome to the show. Thank you, Omar. Do you have a favorite quote, something that inspires or motivates you that you can share with us? Of course. Um, what I always have, have said is that don't build a company to become rich. Build a company that does actually good and the money will follow. Nice quote. I like that. So tell us about Howie. What does the product do? Who's it for? And what's the main problem you're helping to solve? I have to explain a little bit how it works in a mid-size and large company. I think otherwise it will be quite boring to follow this uh, pod. So in a mid-size or big company, you have something called operational or day-to-day. That is very much what each department is working with. That is with what the employees are working with. Uh, that's typical what you're paid for, and that's typical what you're doing day after day. The statistical is something that the board or the CEO has decided as very, very important, maybe most important for the company. And the problem with strategic is that it's coming on top of what managers or employees already are doing in order to improve the company uh, tomorrow, today. So as an example, if we look into the operational, you have uh, financial applications for the CFO. You have maybe a CRM application for the head of sales and the sales department, the marketing department. It's very common that IT is using Jira. And uh, it's also very common that the head of HR is using an application, which is business critical. And it's also common based on increased uh, demand of cross-functional integration that more and more companies are, use, are using uh, workflow or OKR type of applications in order to share data. Uh, and those type of applications is not helping the CEO and the board to make strategic improvements. And strategic improvements are normally generating much more revenue and profit than just trying to improve the operational. For example, a strategic improvement could be that we have to do more merger and acquisitions. We have to increase profit dramatically, or we have to go become much more uh, sustainable faster in order to improve the reputation and the valuation of, 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 our, of our company. It normally includes, uh, on a high level, several cross-functional very important initiatives, which could be new services or new products or new regions or markets. So in order to summarize this, it's important to understand the day-to-day type of business where we have got so many applications the last uh, 20 years versus the strategic where you normally have a CEO talking on a kickoff or using slides, PowerPoint slides, or maybe using Excel in order to follow up. Uh, something where it's actually don't exist so many applications today to help the CEO 
to accelerate whatever needs to happen for this company, what they are focusing on as most important for the next coming 12 months, for example. So our product means that it creates a digital application where the CEO could prioritize and also decide what we as a company must focus on and how we, uh, even if we are in different departments, how we could work together in a better way in order to accelerate, uh, for example, increased profit uh, or those new markets. Uh, So the business case is normally a shortened timeline from that the CEO decides what's most important until this is aligned. All managers and employees understand what they should focus on and how they could help the company to, to become better. And then also how fast all different managers and employees could start to do more correct activities that supports the initiatives that, in, that support this increased revenue and profit according to the strategy. Got it. Okay. So I'll try to summarize it in terms of my understanding. Within mid-size enterprise organizations, you have line of businesses or, or you know, functional leaders, sales, finance, whatever. They've got their own apps, whether that's a CRM or, or whatever, and that helps them operationally run their areas. But typically a CEO, when they're trying to develop a new strategy or roll out a new strategy, are doing that more in a manual way. And there's no way to sort of easily connect the dots and help with that, the execution of that strategy. So Howie is almost kind of like this umbrella app that sits across the organization and helps to helps the CEO to implement that strategy alongside what all these different, you know, kind of leaders are doing in their respective areas. Is that, is that kind of the right way to think about it? That's, that's correct. And, and, if I could give you a couple of examples just to get a better understanding. Yeah. Uh, so let's say that the strategy is done. For, because when the strategy is done, it's typical financial goals. It's some sort of timeline until those goals should be reached. And it's normally a small change or adjustment of the company's position. When that is done, then uh, those goals are not understandable and actionable for all different people in the organization. So let, for example, you can't wake up in the morning and think, okay, this, this day I'm going to take market shares from our competitors. Uh, so a digital application very much helps the CEO to make those goals actionable and also to uh, that all managers and employees understand what's in it for me and what's the how that the product could help me with in order to do also the static activities, not just the day-to-day activities. Okay, got it. I think it's it might be worthwhile making one distinction here because as you were describing that, I started to think, well, you know, a CEO might have like some kind of app that they use for roadmaps and OKRs and things like that. Can you just, and if for somebody who's maybe kind of thinking in a similar way, can you just explain how how he is different to those types of apps? Yes, uh, I give you a couple of examples. First, you could always, you know, build and adjust something that it, it works like like our application. But if you look into companies today, they have a OKR, they have workflow applications and so on, 
And when the CEO has to change something or adjust based on the a disruption, that something happens on the market or internally, which means that the plan the CEO decided until the uh, organization change is normally takes quarters, sometimes years. But if you have a digital application or our application, for example, it takes maximum two weeks until from that the CEO have adjusted the plan until all managers and employees knows what they should focus on a little bit more and what they should focus on a little bit less. So if you take the other applications which are out there, which is very much the generation before us, uh, they don't include what we call business support. Business support means that if you're a manager within HR or, or a manager within IT or a manager within sales, uh, you could go to our application to to a library and there you could get, okay, what's the goals I should focus on? What's the key activities I should focus on first? And we have added AI, first automated intelligence, and now AI, which helps the organization to improve in, in the same direction. I think with other tools, you could become better per department, but it's no way for the company to make sure that everyone is improving in the same direction. So take if you take AI, for example, that you know every person, every role could use AI in order to improve. But how do we make sure that everyone is improving in the same direction? So we are not just improving in different directions. So our product is more helping the CEO with the focus. So people know what should we focus on right now? What should we focus on maybe the next quarter or next year? Because it's quite, when you get further down in organization, it's very common that everything is important. You have too much data, you have too much uh, different type of processes and too many applications. So what, what an organization needs is actually a more simple way to do the strategy execution. It had become too complex uh, based on last generation type of tool, tools. Got it. Uh, give us a sense of the size of the business. Where are you in terms of revenue, any other metrics, size of team, employees, customers? I always start my companies in Sweden uh, because it's a really good test market and so on. And in, in, that, in that market, we will make $5.1 million uh, this year in ARR. I moved to US for one and a half year ago uh, in order to start up our partner uh, business here and expand in US and internationally. I can't tell you how big we are in US uh, yet based on some financial tra- transactions I'm in right now. Okay, great. And, and how big is the team? Uh, the team is 30 people, whereof about 60% is uh, within development. I think, you know, for, for, for context, we spent quite a bit of time uh, kind of explaining what how he is and why a product like that is necessary. And I think it's a good case study for what happens when you build a product, which is basically a new category. There's a whole bunch of challenges around helping people to understand what that is, education. Obviously, you know, going to talk to a CEO and having that conversation is one thing, but then coming onto a podcast and trying to tell a whole bunch of other SaaS founders what you're doing is another, you know, set of challenges in terms of description. So you call this the, the product category enterprise execution software what's what's the opportunity there like is that is that a term that you coined is that something that's come from 
you know, the analyst firms like Gartner, like where does that come from? You're absolutely so right when you say that you are first within something new. It is very difficult. And and this is my third time I'm starting with a, a product within an area that didn't exist before. But this is, you have an area called strategy execution before. The difference here is that this is a business application for companies when the strategy execution is business critical. And business critical means that this is more to compare with a CRM application for the sales and marketing department. And if you're talking about size, when the CEO is buying our product, he needs to buy it also for all managers and all employees. So all installations we have so far is normally 10 times larger than that customer is paying for the CRM system because the organization for the CEO is, of course, the whole company instead of just one department. So the business was founded in uh, 2012, is that right? Well, yeah. Where did the idea come from? The idea came, actually, I was thinking about it several years. Uh, I've seen so many strategies, and the strategy is normally 50% about the situation, today's situation, a lot of facts, normally very interesting. And then it's about 30% uh, about what we should change to and, and what we as a company has to become. And then it's normally 0% about how. And then it's the KPIs, which, which KPIs do we need to improve or, or strategic initiatives in order to increase revenue and profit according to this two years plan or three years plan or whatever it is. And when I saw this, I saw that after that, it didn't exist an application in order to accelerate the strategy execution. So the only thing which existed when we started this company uh, and that is very much the same today, is that people are using nothing. They're working analog or PowerPoint or Excel. For example, they're not using one OKR application from the CEO all the way down to all employees, and they are not able to measure uh, the acceleration from each employee and, and uh, manager up to and connect that up to improved revenue and profit. So it's about 2 or 3% of all CEOs today using an execution application when the strategy execution is business critical. Okay, so when you when you started the company in 2012, it started out as a services business. And you launched the first version of the SaaS product about seven years later, around 2019. So just give us an overview of the services business. How, how large did that business get? And then what drove the transition from services to a product business for you? Right. Uh, just to correct that, we started as a result as a service company. So, and the difference versus consulting is that we did the same thing, uh, just better and better for each customer. Where, and it's interesting because we were calling CEOs saying that we were selling increased revenue and profit and we have a way to measure how the activities in the organization could be connected to improved revenues because you don't want to wait maybe one or two years until you see if this is working. And uh, we went from zero to five million, five point one million dollars, uh, which is very much what we are doing uh, in in Sweden this year. Uh, already 2015, and we did a lot of, of profit. And then we uh, 
when we started the company, we of course knew that we were going to be a product company, but we understood that we can't develop this product without working very, very close with CEOs and customers. So 2015, we decided to, to change from ROS, result as a service, where we paid very high amount of money if the results are better than this pre-made business case, to typical SaaS uh, uh, license company that the prices are for managers and for employees, and then you have a discount based on volume. Uh, so our revenue went from 5.1 to about $2 million. Uh, and then from that, we have, you know, gone up and gone up. Our churn in the beginning was about 60%. Wow. So the problem was how to sell to CEO. That was the first problem. And then when we became very good on doing that, then the next problem was how do we make sure that managers and employees likes the product as well? So it has been very much to become better and better within sales and also to become better and better in into how to make sure that managers and employees likes uh, our product how is so much that they would like to keep it that the product gives something so the churn is actually was zero percent we didn't lose a customer for between 2019 and 2021 wow so let's talk about that first part how to sell to ceos so you you obviously spent many years working with ceos and getting results for them before you even had the product. When you when you finally shipped the product, how did you go about getting your, your first 10 customers? Was that going back to CEOs that you'd already worked with or were you basically prospecting and finding new customers? Uh, it's a good question. It's a little bit funny because we decided early, I had experience from that, uh, also in the US, and my co-founder also had that experience that selling to CEOs is not impossible. So we uh, we were calling to CEOs in during that in the beginning it was about eighty eighty five percent of all CEOs who said yes to meeting number one within two weeks. Wow, who who was making those phone calls? Was it you, or did you already have somebody on a sales team? No, it was us. Everyone was doing those. Everyone within sales was doing this type of course. Uh, and then after a while, we have packaged it so well so other people could do it as well. Why do you think, I mean, of anybody listening to this saying, hey, if I could call my, my ICP, my ideal customer profile, and call them on the phone and get a 80 85% success rate with getting a meeting from from those calls i that would be a dream business for me so why do you think you were having that kind of success like what's the lesson we can learn from this first of all it's it's very important how you start that call uh because of course people don't want to be uh, get a call you know on their maybe in their cellular telephone or mobile it's about how you start, but it's also very much how well prepared you are and that, that it's relevant that every person, regardless if you're a CEO or not, is, of course, grateful for if uh, the information, the discussion is something that really helps the CEO. It's something which is around what that ma- uh, CEO is measured on. Uh, so I think it's relevant that we were very well prepared and also how you talk. And so. You were just calling. You were just cold calling CEOs, and 
How are you getting past? There must have been gatekeepers. I mean, I imagine CEOs aren't just sitting around waiting for your phone call. No, that's true. Uh, we're actually using the normal the, the, the seller telephone. And I should also say that this is not working for the largest companies in where we started in Sweden, like Ericsson and so on. It works for IKEA. It works for the biggest banks and so on. But some companies that are really, really large, that, that's impossible because you can't find the number to the CEO. But otherwise, it's just a person. And, and this person uh, have no problem with, uh, listening if it's actually a discussion, not a monologue where we are trying to sell our product. But it's a discussion where we have done a great research, which hopefully is very relevant and unique and gives something to this person. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupos is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings, as well as listings from other marketplaces, and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupos has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash bupos that's sasclub.io slash b-o-o-p-o-s sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with bupos.com and so once you got that meeting tell me what the the sales cycle typically look like so you you get in front of the ceo how many meetings did you typically have to have before you got to a point line how long did it take to close the deals in the beginning it was more like six months and then we got it down to three months the hit rate was very high from meeting one to meeting two to meeting three but in the very very end uh it was a quite low hit rate until a year ago because uh, of different reasons i think it's about three months i would say nowadays well why did you say it was a low hit rate until recently i mean it sounds like you were doing a lot of lot of things right, and you know the, the CEOs seemed very receptive. So, what was the issue there? No, the problem is, uh, and that's a, I actually written three books. Uh, my first book was about a CEO, and it was about strategic IT. A CEO, you know, is able to talk with the CFO, right? They talk the same language, but when it comes to the CIO, they don't even understand each other. Based on that, I was doing this type of sales in that company as well. I met a lot of CEOs, and one third they understood and did something. One third understood but didn't do anything, and one third didn't understand and didn't do anything. So that's typical when you start in a new trend. That in the very end, it comes very much up to that some CEOs are more just want to have the title instead of actually taking responsibility for what's best for the company, increased revenue and profit and so on. I mean, it's ridiculous today that the CEO is driving this change management, digitalization for the whole company, right? But he's the only person working analog. And you said before they're not working analog, but they don't have a business critical application for what they are measured on. So for me, they're actually working analog. Okay, so you, you said, hey, first of all, we had to figure out how to sell to... CEOs, and we we just talked about that. And then you said the second problem we had was the sixty percent churn rate. What was going on there? Why why was that so high? 
it was so high based on that the product in the beginning was done or the uh, in the tools i would say tool set was done very much for ceo increased revenue and profit it didn't give anything to the managers and employees so it was very much it was not that we didn't understand that we need to make everyone happy it's more like we couldn't afford to develop you know we needed more developers more money in order to be able to also develop that part today we have an application which is you know churn is, is very low and it's 96% of our, our revenues coming from license revenues so we have we have passed those type of problems but i think that type of problems we have had uh, is actually something we planned for because you can't build this product without going through some sort of very practical feedback from the customer tell me a, a little bit more about like what were some of the objections or resistance that you were getting from some of the other C-level executives in terms of, you know, coming on board with the idea of using a product like Howie? In the beginning, it was more from the employees. Uh, and nowadays, the employees are always happy. Their employee satisfaction score is going up. But what is nowadays a problem is that one or two persons within the executive team is normally against this type of application. And the reason for that is that if uh, a person as an executive is in the executive team, you have two responsibilities. One is to take care of your PNL or your region or whatever you, you're in charge of. The other 50% being in an executive team is actually to help the CEO with what's most important for the company. And Regardless of application, this has always been a problem in most ex ex execution teams. With this type of product, you change the power a little bit to what's most important for the whole company, according to what the board have decided, more than just being focused on one person's PNL or one person's region and so on. So it's, it's, it's not just the employees that needs to work together. And focused, it's actually also the executives that needs to work better together, better cross-functional, and so on. So when you were f facing those types of issues, what did you do to, to overcome them? When we started to sell to very large companies, uh, we, uh, we got new challenges and, and improved, increased politics. And what we did then was to really sit down and see what we could do about it. And we came out with something called assessment. Uh, a new product from us, which came out in Q1 2022. And that took our sales hit rate from 6% to 17%. It's a test which is done with the CEO, where the CEO understands himself or herself uh, that I can't continue to work as I have done the last 10 years. So it, it creates pull instead of having us talking about all the advantages with a digital application. And we do exactly the same after the CEO have decided uh, and is positive. We do that with each executive as well. And what happened when they do this assessment test is then that they understand that we can't continue as before because then the results will be as before when it comes to strategy execution. We have to change. And what have happened then is not just that that have helped us in sales. It have also helped us to lower the churns. The churn is almost zero again, uh, based on that 
you get this power from the CEO and from each executive. So they are working together and they understand why this is so important. You mentioned earlier that, hey, you know, initially the resistance was from the employees, but these days employee satisfaction is is very high. How do you how do you measure that? Is that something built into the product? Yes, we measure that, and that's that's very important. If you have sixty percent churn, as we had for a while uh, many years ago, but still, then you want to measure that. But but the thing is that if you are using the last, you know, a little bit older applications within OKR workflow or whatever you're using, or even Excel that some people are using. If you're going to a meeting every week, so you're the employee or your team leader or you're the CEO, and you have a meeting every week where you are actually taking commitments or activities, and you're also reporting the next week which activities you have done, that is very, very boring. But that's needed if you would like to be a more proactive company and accelerate what's most important. So the difference nowadays is that our product includes support for not only how to do these meetings, not only for uh, for me as an employee, uh, how I could become better in personal goals or goals for my department, which key activities should I focus on. It also includes that you can see what financial impact does my team or myself have on this. So if, instead of just reporting activities, you could actually see how much the financial impact is. And what happens then is that the self-confidence within this team is improving because very many people are going to a mid-sized or large company not really understanding how am I measured, am I doing a good job or a bad job, and so on. Uh, And to create a situation where it's a little bit more focused, you decrease time that is not needed, it's a little bit less stress, and you know if you're doing a good job or not a good job, helping the company to improve according to the strategy, that is something that is very positive. I think I read somewhere that um, with with Howie, you had customers, you know, some customers experiencing like a 20x return on investment within the first year. And it kind of got me wondering, how, how do you measure that? Right, because there seems to be like an attribution challenge there. Like, we had a great year. How much of it was because we had Howie? How much of it was because other factors? So, just tell me a little bit about that. Like, what kind of results have you been getting with clients? If there's anything else to add to that, what I just mentioned, and then secondly, how do you how do you go about measuring that? Uh, it's a very common uh, negative comment we get that you know this is too big, too good to be true. We should change what we are saying on our uh, web and so on. But uh, the truth is that the return on investment is between 8 and about 24, you said 25, but it, around there, already the first 12 months. The reason for that is that it takes just months from the CEO have decided something until the whole organization is, you know, on board. So it's a true top-down, bottom-up that people also buy into. It's not, it's, it's not just told what to do. They understand why and they understand how they could contribute. So then you have normally about 10, 10 months to week after week uh, focus on what's most important when it comes not just to this day-to-day type of acti- activities, but also to do the activities that are needed in what we call the strategic 
to do that uh, week after week today, not just postpone that. So that's why the business case becomes so high already the first 12 months. If you compare with other applications, you normally have to adjust them technically so they fit to the customer's uh, environment, which takes calendar time. And you normally don't have this business support, or I don't know anyone else that have this business support. How do you get executives, managers, team leaders, and employees to understand what's in it for me? How could I contribute? That's only within our product. And then the resistance decrease, and that's why the organization could start to focus faster and also create the acceleration faster. And to answer your other question about how is this measurable, you remember what I said before that when we called CEOs and we started to uh, help them with increased revenue and profit, then we, we need to find a way to, to prove that because they can't wait one or two years uh, to see if, if that is really happening. So we have a way in our product, which is very unique. So we could connect the activities. So the co- activities done of all the employees in the team and think about a mid-sized or large company with many employees and many teams. And that the activity improvement is comparable with the gray line, which is how well did we do in this before we started to use the product or last year or two years ago. So you have something to compete with. That acceleration is measurable in that way that it has an impact on the process or the initiatives, that something happens, that people don't just fill in you know, something and it looks good until deadline when everything is delayed. So in our application, you can really see week after week or day after day that those activities are leading to the improvements we want to do as a company. And that is also connected to measurable improved revenue and profit, uh, most important goals. It could be market shares as well. So it's measurable all the way. So when we do this with the customer, it's impossible for the CEO to say, uh, six months later or 12 months later, that maybe this improvement came from that we changed the prices or that the market changed. Because already when you start, you know, just before Christmas or just before the summer vacation, the whole organization have already done a map that if we are focusing on these activity, uh, activities and we increase the activities, that should have this financial impact, not just for my department, which you also could see in our product, but also for... Uh, for the whole company, which the CEO and the executive team could see. So this is measurable per, per day or per week. What are, you, what are you seeing kind of competitively? Are you seeing new players entering this space? Are you, like, it seems to be one of those things that, you know, like I said, like enterprise ex- execution software, I, I'd never heard of it. I had to, you know, go and do my own homework to, you know, to educate myself. But it seems to me that, this is the kind of application that every CEO should be using. So, like, why why aren't why aren't we seeing a lot more kind of talk and a lot more kind of companies kind of entering this space right now? Good question. Uh, you know, our number one uh, competitors is actually the CEO in it, in himself because based on the behavior and. Typically, they are not used to using an application. They are used to delegate. They normally delegate too fast. So today, you have two types of, of strategy executions. One is where the CEO is delegating too fast, 
and it becomes a massive consulting project with change management, digitalization, normally going on for three or four years. And the other one is very much complementary with what our product is doing, that you, you prioritize what's most important, what should we be successful with first, and what could we delay to start with in one year from now, two years from now. So you, you have to focus the whole organization. And the re- that is actually changing right now as we speak rapidly. So according to analysts, it's 2 or 3% of all CEOs using a digital application today. But it's, it's supposed to be one of the fastest growing markets. And the reason for that is that uh, post-COVID, uh, everything changed. You know, everything becomes more and more digital. So as a CEO, you're starting to feel more and more outside when you're not using a digital application. Uh, secondly, is that the disruption, you know, war, different interest, uh, inflation. It's a lot of change going on in the market today versus just five or six years ago, uh, which means that the CEO needs to adjust and make sure that the, the whole organization adjusts much, much faster than before. And the third is that Microsoft bought uh, a company called Ali.io. And they are going to enter this market. So they will be the first established vendor very much uh, offering similar type of application to, to CEOs. You're going to have a little bit more competition shortly. Yeah, and let me tell you, I have been, my previous two companies have been very, very successful uh, in, in the US and in the, in the world. And when that competition comes, that's the best thing that could happen. So it's, it's uh, that will for sure help us. So if you ask me if I'm worried for something, I'm not worried for com- competition. I'm worried for that. No, I'm actually wrong. And the analysts are wrong as well. It, it, it will continue. That CEOs will continue to work without the digital application. We, they will continue to use PowerPoint and Excel or nothing. Uh, that's something I'm worried for. Why is that a good thing? Just just uh, explain that because I think many many early stage SaaS founders, when they start to see some bigger players entering the market, they think, oh man, I've, I've got problems now. So why, why do you look at it a completely different way? The type of entrepreneur I am, everyone is different, but I have always started an application company or software which doesn't exist in the market. So you're really scared that you actually, you have made the wrong guess. Uh, so for me, for example, now when, when the analyst is saying what they are saying and and Microsoft is entering this market. That makes me very, very happy. And what happened then when, when they are coming into the market is that we will lose more deals in percentage, but the number of deals of possibilities will increase not 100%. They will start to increase with 300, maybe 600% per year for, for many years. Uh, then it could be a risk to stay as, as a small, maybe the best, vendor uh, in this space too long uh, after a while you need to be really the number one like salesforce or someone but in the beginning when 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 the market is picking up and it becomes more common that you should have a digital application it's just win-win for us even if we lose in percentage more deals than we do today yeah because the pie starts to grow bigger yes and you're starting to have my last company for example was one of these global fast 500, which means that we were one, one of 500 fastest com- growing companies in the world. And you can't really reach that if it's not also a very, very strong trend 
uh, increasing rapidly, uh, so to say, in the market. Great. Okay, we should uh, wrap up. Um, let's get on to the lightning round. I've got seven quickfire questions for you. Just try to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? It is actually to trust your, 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 your business idea and stay to the strategy. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? I read a lot of, of management books, uh, uh, but I would say that um, it's actually Good to Great by uh, Jim Collins. And then also uh, the book Why from uh, Simon Sinek. Those, those are the books that have made the, the, the biggest impression on, on me so far. Right. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? It is to uh, be able to take your idea so it becomes understandable uh, for more people within the organization uh, and also to be strong enough to trust those people that they could actually become better than you uh, within whatever their responsibility is. But also combine that so you're so tough, so you keep your product or your company focused according to the strategy. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? It's actually the computer. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, that sounds a little bit boring maybe, but I, 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 uh, I use the computer so much. I like it. That's your productivity tool. Right. Uh, w what's a, a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the time? I would uh, do something uh, within charity. So it's, I, I don't think that is, that it's more based on what I would like to do in the next, uh, next round, so to say. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? I've been uh, uh, one of the, not one of the best, but at least played in the, the second highest league in hockey um, uh, in Sweden. Uh, so uh, that's something I'm proud of. Nice. And finally, what's one of your most important passions outside of your work? It's absolutely the family and skiing and sports. Wonderful. Oh, thank you for uh, joining me. It's been a pleasure uh, kind of going through, walking through the, the history of the, the business and some of the ups and downs and, and lessons that you've learned along the way. If people want to find out more about Howie, they can go to uh, Howie, which is H O www.e.io and if folks want to get in touch with you what's the best place how can they do that where do you hang out it's uh ulf u-l-f dot arnett a-r-n-e-t-z at howie h-o-w-w-e dot i-e i-o sorry and howie stands for how we as a company could do better ah okay that makes more sense how we .io. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, thanks again for uh, taking the time to share your story and, and, and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way with our audience. And uh, I wish you and the team the, the best of success. Thank you, Omar. And thank you for a good part. I actually listened to uh, some quite, quite many of your pods. Oh, I like them. That's awesome. Good. Thank you so much. All the best. Cheers.
Do you dream of owning a profitable online business or are you looking to sell yours? Bupos.com is the number one platform for entrepreneurs and founders alike. With Bupos, you can discover exclusive listings, browse listings from other marketplaces, or submit your own deal for approval. As the first platform to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers, Bupos makes it easier than ever to acquire a recurring revenue business without personal guarantees. Their experienced M&A advisory team is dedicated to supporting you throughout the process, ensuring a smooth transaction. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash bupos. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next venture. Are you still wrestling with rigid spreadsheets that slow down your team? Jotform Tables is a solution you've been looking for. Jotform Tables combines the power of a spreadsheet with the flexibility of a database. You can collect your data through customizable online forms and Jotform Tables automatically organizes and stores all the data submitted through your Jotform forms. You can also import and export files and collaborate with your team effortlessly. All changes are synced in real time, so everyone is always on the same page. But Jotform Tables is more than just a spreadsheet alternative with conditional formatting, data visualization, and more than 250 integrations, it's a complete productivity platform for your team. You can even automate tasks and workflows to save time. Ready to centralize your data, boost your team's efficiency, and take your productivity to new heights? Sign up for free at sasclub.io slash jotform. That's sasclub.io slash jotform. Attention SaaS founders, are you determined to scale your B2B business to that coveted million-dollar ARR milestone? I've got something that can help you get there faster. Introducing the SaaS Club newsletter, your weekly companion on the journey to SaaS success. Packed with proven strategies, practical insights, and exclusive interviews with B2B SaaS founders who've been where you are, this newsletter is your ticket to accelerated growth. Each week, in just five minutes, you'll gain access to a treasure trove of growth tactics, lessons learned, and insider tips to help you navigate the challenges of the early stages and scale your business to seven figures and beyond. So why wait? Become part of a 4,000 plus strong community of SaaS founders and entrepreneurs who are already harnessing these insights to drive their growth. Visit sasclub.io slash newsletter and subscribe to the SaaS Club newsletter today. Gain the support and expertise you need to keep forging ahead on your SaaS journey.